here, those watching online, we welcome you. Thank you for joining. It's a great day to worship our Lord. He is good, and his mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father. I have a testimony to give this morning. Um, last week, Pastor Maria, mom, <laughs> sister, she, um, she mentioned about someone that had something going on in this side of her face, and she couldn't really explain what it was. Um, back last year when I had COVID, um, that's one area that was bothering me is my ears. I can really explain what it, it is that was happening, but it was both sides, and then this side was fine, and it was just this side. Sometimes when I'm up here singing, it just annoys, just I can't really explain what happens, but it's something. I had my doctor check, and she said everything looks fine, but it keeps on happening over and over again. And that day, I wanted to say something when she said that, but um, I didn't, but I'm healed. <laughs> I'm healed, I received my healing, and um, God is so good. He is so good, I, had, I have no problems with my ears. I haven't been, it's been fine, there were, stuff that was coming out. I know it kind of sounds gross, but it, <laughs> it, it hasn't happened since then. So I am healed and God is so good. I just thank you, Father, for my healing. I just worship you, Father God. Thank you, Father. So let's praise him this morning. Psalm 135 says, praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, O you servants of the Lord. You who stand in the house of the Lord, that's us right now, in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is pleasant. He takes pleasure in our praises. So let's do that this morning. Let's just praise him this morning. Father, we worship you this morning, Lord. We thank you for your presence, Lord. And we just come into your presence with thanksgiving, Lord, and we just worship you this morning. We just glorify your name this morning, Lord. We thank you for everything you have prepared for us, Lord. And we just worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you that you are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you,
you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you care about every single part of our lives, Lord. Every little thing, Father, you care and you're concerned about us, Father. We just thank you, Lord, and worship you this morning. You are holy, Lord. You are the Holy One. We worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God.
you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. While they play this song, I want us to do something this morning. I want you to find someone who you didn't come with this morning. And I want you to get together in twos or threes this morning. Can we do that? Go ahead and find some people you didn't come with this morning. Twos and threes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Spouses, you can go with your husband if you want. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's okay. Thank you, Jesus. All right, here's what I want you to do. Wait for, wait for the signal and wait for the instructions. Before we start here, here are the instructions. Maybe you came in this morning believing God for that one thing that you may have needed, that you've been wanting, you've been desiring, something that's been, you know, maybe there's been pain or, or sickness in your body, symptoms in your body, uh, or, and, and maybe the other person has too. Or maybe you just came to church and you just want whatever God wants for you. Just verbalize that to the individuals that you're in the circle with. Just say, listen, here's what I'm believing God for today. I'm leaving here with this. Or if there's nothing, then you just said, you know, whatever God wants for me. Verbalize that. And then I want you all to come into agreement together with each other. Some may pray more than others, and that's okay. Whatever you know to pray, pray. And you're going to make an impact in the life of that person this morning. Make your supply available in that circle this morning. Go ahead. Verbalize that and then begin to pray. And we can go ahead and we can sing that one more time. Holy. Holy, holy, holy is the This morning, freedom this morning, hallelujah. 
just praise God about it this morning. Come on and praise the Lord. Come on and thank him if you believe that it's done and you receive it. Come on and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Woo! Hallelujah! We thank you, Lord. We call it done. We call it done in Jesus' name. We call it done in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Okay. Praise the Lord. Now, how many of you believe that you receive what you prayed for this morning? Do you receive it right at this moment? Right at this moment? Not when you're leaving. Not when you go home. But right now. Amen? Right now. So when you believe right now, what do you do? You shout. Amen. You say, it's mine. I have it now. Lord, that's how you receive from God. It's mine. I have it right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Aren't you excited about the things of God? Amen. Glory to God. All right. Greet one another. And you may be seated this morning. We have it now, right? Amen. Thank God. Glory to God. I have it now. Huh, I feel much better. Okay, so um, I have some announcements. Um, so next Sunday, January 30th, is Family Sundays. Remember to wear your T-shirts. Tom Hale will be our special guest. He is Pastor Maria's brother-in-law. He is an anointed teacher of the Word of God. His message will be on, Are You Rapture Ready? Um, and then we'll have some coffee and donuts after the service. You won't want to miss it. Um, also, big plans to come to the Kingdom Couples Valentine's Game and Dessert Night on Saturday, February 12th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. right here. You can go enjoy dinner with your sweetheart and then come join the fun here. Um, we'll have some great prizes and delicious dessert. And for those who are interested in the transformation track, which is the first step to serving in our faith family, there's a sign-up sheet on the table in the foyer. The class is held on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. You just need to attend one class, which consists of four sessions. And please be sure to sign up on your way out. And if you have any questions, you can see Henry Talbot. And we are excited to be welcoming Pastor Sam and Sherilyn Smucker from the Worship Center Network in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on Sunday, February 13th during the morning service. That'll be exciting. And at this time, I'm going to give... Excited about what's going on in this church. Whew, yes. There it is. I can feel it inside, right? The excitement. God's love. Men, where you at? We haven't done anything in a while. Whose fault is that? 
We'll just blame the devil. And I'm not the devil, just so you know. Now, we've had some uh, months here where uh, COVID's come back and we missed a service and we've been pretty busy. So let's start getting back to sharpening each other's iron. Iron sharpens iron. We have to sharpen each other. There's a lot of things going on. Everything that, you know, that's going on in this church behind the scenes is other things that are going on behind the scenes that is not good. So we need each other to build each other up. And uh, we're always going to be successful when we keep God's word, world, uh, excuse me, when we keep God's word with us. And so let's get back together. Um, I'm planning a men's breakfast. I don't have the exact date yet. And if any of you men are interested and I don't have your phone number, then come see me after service. Because all the other gentlemen that I, that I know that I have, I communicate with, I will give you the date this week within the next couple days. I just got to double check the calendar. I know we got some things going on with the uh, couples ministry. We're looking forward to that. And um, we get the guest speaker coming too. And so I just want to pick a morning. That's going to work for everybody. Now, if you have to work or you have kids, if your child's old enough, if you have a male child, you can't bring any females. It's a men's group. Now, if you, if you have to, you know, watch your children and you, and you have to bring your son, as long as he can order the breakfast himself, then you can bring him. If he's 15 and he still needs you to order his food from a server, then he can't come. <laughs> I've been there when I've watched. I'm not going to get into it. But we just want mature individuals there. We don't want to be running around in the restaurant chasing kids, and this is a men's group. So um, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to go local. It's going to be, I, I'm, I'm thinking, Taunton, if not Alice's last stop, which is right over here. I know I was talking to Ivan in the past, and it's been a while. He's like, let's come have breakfast in Pawtucket, but we haven't uh, spoken about breakfast. And I was thinking to him, and I'm like, you know what, we're just going to take care of this so we can stop moving forward into 2022 and, and just build each other up stronger. And I apologize for not having something sooner. It's just I'm, I'm trying to think of what we all could do and then that Omicron thing, that whatever they want to call that, cold that's going around, is, uh, you know, putting a, throwing a wrench in things. And, you know, some people believe one thing, some people believe another, but I know what I believe. And so we do want to be smart about things and safe, but we're not going to let that stop us from getting together. And so I'm just saying this because I want all you gentlemen that are going to come to the breakfast to write something down on paper of something that you think, as a men's group, we want to do. Now, deep sea fishing trip, yeah, that's great. We're going to do it again. But that's not in the cold months. That's in the summer. So bring, bring an idea, and I don't ice fish. <laughs> you know, real quick, there was this hut on a, um, a pond we drove by not too long ago, and she's like, what goes on in there? I'm like, oh, that's where the guys keep warm and drink beer and, and drill a hole in the ice. But... Um, I don't, you know, I don't want to be out on the ice. It's, it's a hard enough time fishing on a pond without ice, never mind freezing cold. <laughs> but the next day, the thing wasn't there, and the water was flowing. I don't know what happened. And she's like, what happened to everybody? There was no more ice. It was just strange. Yeah. <laughs> They're under the water now. They're sleeping with the fish now. But anyway, guys, like I said, I apologize. We need to get together. 
I watch football. If any of you guys are bored and want to come over to my house, I'm eating healthy now. I don't believe in diets because diets are temporary. Eating healthy is a lifestyle change. Just like coming to church. Come to church every Sunday. Try to get here on Wednesday. It's a lifestyle change. And when I come here every Sunday, I see my family. And I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe I could have missed church and, and, and not really cared about it. You know, I'd have been like, oh, I'll get back there next week. But now it's like a, it's, I'm missing something all week long. And it's like a part of life. It's a conversation pastor and I have constantly about things that go on in this building with all of you that are members of the church and, um, you know, all the issues that go on and all the good things that go on. Like, we're building a new building. That's an awesome thing. And when we visited a couple, one was fairly new, two years old, and the other building has been around for a few years, but that was a $20 million building, and that's like bigger than what we think, but just seeing new buildings and the things that we want from being in the space we were last time where I was telling her on the way here this morning that I almost turned around my first visit to the church because it was behind a pizza place. And I said, who goes to church behind here? How is that God's best? I don't, I'm all uncomfortable now. I'm walking down this long hallway, passing bathrooms. I'm like, where's the sanctuary in this place? And then we were um, blessed to buy this building. And now this building is an investment. And we've treated it well. We've done good with it. And we've outgrown downstairs. And you know what? These seats are filling up upstairs too. And so when we build this new building, when we get inside, that's going to be full too. Amen. So men, if you're interested in going to the men's breakfast, please see me after if I don't have your phone number. And if, you, if, you, if I do have your phone number, I will communicate within the next couple of days. I'm sorry I'm taking so much time. But... It's just good to see all these faces because I'm behind. I'm back there. I can't see everybody smiling or sleeping. So it's good to be up here. And uh, now, Henry, who's ready to give? Oh, praise God. It's 98% of you. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, Pastor Maria said something about the new building, and one of the things that stuck with me is the vision that she has and that we have for this church moving forward, this building will not accommodate it. So as much as, as much work as it's going to take to get a new building, we're wasting our time staying here because we're comfortable here or whatever because we can't do what God has called us to do. So we're going to obey God and we're going to move forward. Amen? Hallelujah. Ushers, have you passed out the offering envelopes yet? All set. Thank you so much. I'm only going to read one portion of scripture here this morning, and I'm going to elaborate on it a little bit and tie my glory story into that. It'll only take a couple hours, so just relax, sit back, relax. But I really want you to catch the spirit of this because giving isn't something that we just do. We are givers. Our Father is a giver. But there are laws that operate these things, and... If you're in a place where I was years ago where I gave, I gave, I gave, and I never saw results, and I didn't know why, and you get frustrated and so on and so forth, I believe the simple truth that I would share with you this morning will encourage you and help you to keep going, praise God. I'm going to look at Malachi chapter 3, just in verse 10, and let me see which translation this is, GW, God's Word Translation. Verse 10 says, bring one-tenth of your income 
into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord of armies. See if I won't open the windows of heaven for you and flood you with blessings. Let me start by saying this. There's absolutely no money in heaven. There is no money in heaven. So if you give and you're trusting in this scripture that God's going to open up the windows of heaven, stop looking up. Because it's not coming down from heaven through the clouds and landing on your front yard in the bag of money. It's not going to happen that way. It's not. God isn't a counterfeiter. He's not making money. He's not going to steal money to get it to you. So there are things that we must understand in order to really flow into the receiving part of this. We got the giving down. We do. This church is a giving church, praise God. So the currency of the kingdom of God is faith. That's the currency. When you go to the stores, wherever you go shopping, the currency you use is something that you pull out of your wallet so that you can receive something from the store. In order to receive something from the kingdom of God, our currency is faith. It's confidence in what the Word of God says. So faith is how things from the kingdom of God manifest in our lives. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you would come to me and say, Henry, I need you to pray for me about my finances. I'm believing God. I would ask you, what scripture are you standing on? If you don't have a scripture, then you're not in faith. Come back when you get some faith in you. I'd pray for you anyways, but the results may be minimal. In Galatians 5, 6, it says, faith works by love. The spirit of what I'm saying here this morning, or the heart of it, is this that there are certain pieces that must be in place if you and I are tithers in order for it to manifest the blessing of God in our lives. And it's more than financial blessing, but right now we're talking about finances. So what does it mean when we read that blessing will be poured out of heaven to us? How is the blessing manifest in our lives in real terms? I even shared a glory story last week, and... He said that because of his uh, asthma concerns that there was a medication that was available, but it was $3,500 a month. And I talked to him afterwards, and he says, I failed to, to share this. He says, just do the math. That's $42,000 a year for medication, for that one medication, $42,000. Don't tell me that ain't a blessing from heaven. Praise God. Amen. When he found out that it was going to be $3,500 a month, he could have sat down and just prayed and believed God, and that's the end of it. Faith without works is dead. So what did he do? He got on the phone. He made some calls, talked to some people. Favor came into play, and he was delivered from that $42,000 debt. Amen? So there's works involved. In October of last year, this is my glory story, I received $1,300 above my regular pay that came from three different streams. Because myself, like you, we're believers, 
we walk in love, we have faith and we operate faith and we work our faith, but not perfectly, but that's how we live. Because of that, my decision to walk in love, faith and works, is what put me in position to receive. When the word says that the blessing of God is going to be put out of hand, those are opportunities that come. And let me tell you, just, I'm, I'm going to make this as quick as possible. Opportunities don't come and knock on your head for half a day for you to get it. Opportunities come and go. And sometimes it's an opportunity that you don't even realize is taking place, which is what my glory story is. They came as opportunities that had to be acted upon for them to become a reality in my life. And here's the glory story real quick. As you know, I'm an automobile technician. There's training involved. There's all kinds of things involved in this trade. One of the things that they had us to do which we don't do anymore because the company changed hands, is in order to sell more work, if a customer can see what's wrong with their car, they're more apt to buy the, the service. So we were all given Apple phones, and all they could do was video and camera and send that information to the application. So they wanted us to take videos of every car. Guys complained about it, oh, it's a waste of time, blah, blah, blah. I just thought to myself, they're paying for them? They want me to do it, I'll do it the best I can. Long story short, and I didn't know this at first, long story short, I did it because it was the right thing to do. It was an opportunity that I didn't even see at the time. It was just, I'm just, just doing my job. But they attached a, a $500 reward for the one who does the best video. I was thinking, I didn't even think of that. It was like, whatever. So many guys are gonna try to get the $500. I'm not gonna go you know, crazy for the $500. I'm just gonna do my job. So I did. A few weeks later, a manager pretty high up comes to the shop and he's, he says, hey, Steven Spielberg, how you doing? <laughs> so they were very impressed with my videos. And before that, before any of this, I had told Nancy, I says, I'd like to get one of these kind of watches and a new blender for the house. So I got the $500 reward. My boss ordered me this online. And we went out and bought a nice ninja that does everything except wash my car, blender. Then there was training, mark of excellence training. So you get trained to a certain level, and General Motors picks names out of a, those who are like in the top level quarterly. I got two of those, 250 points. That, that is, in actuality, $250. So I get $500 there. Then they hired, see, these are opportunities. I could have said, I'm not doing my training, who cares? You know, it's, it's just you do what's right because it's right. And then the last one, again, an opportunity, could have just came right by me. They hired an, another technician, and it just was in my heart to mentor this guy. I wasn't thinking of anything, any money attached to that. Just, I, I'll just mentor this guy. So they gave me a $300 special pay for, for that pay period for, for training this guy. And, and, and other things happened after that, which I'm not going to take the time to share now, which is more and more blessing. But it's about walking a life of love and faith and doing the work that it takes to make it happen. Amen? That's what it's about. That's how these glory stories don't happen out of thin air. They just don't.
we do what we know to do, praise God, and God always does his part. Amen? Praise God. And all the glory goes to God for these things. So why don't we stand together this morning, if you would, please. And let's make our declaration of faith. And when we declare something, we're acting like God. God created the heavens and the earth with his words. So these words are powerful. They're aligned with the scripture. And let's believe we receive them, praise God. Amen? Ready? Read. Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, those of you who give in the offerings with your envelopes, please come on forward and release it. And then we will turn it over to Pastor Murphy, and she will pray over the offering. Praise God. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. We are cheerful givers. Glory to God. <laughs> skip and jump all the way to the receptacle. <laughs> See, we got a little skip in there. Nice. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, Mr. Gary, it's so good to see you today. God bless you. Thank you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. I thank you that we don't just have to give. We're not doing this grudgingly, but we're excited and we are cheerful givers. We thank you what your word says is true. We value your word. And so we thank you that there's a return, a harvest on every seed that we sow. And we call it an abundant harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, sir. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. So good to see every one of you this morning. Joy is in the house today. Is joy in your house? <laughs> Joy's in my house. Glory to God. So this week we had some pictures taken of the facility. They got the drones out. And Lena, I texted you back or I messaged you back yesterday. They came out so good. I tell you, these photographers are good at their jobs. <laughs> this company is. And so uh, they came out really good. So now we look and see which ones we want to use. And we're awaiting that appraisal. And uh, we're excited about what's happening. As you see, we got our signs up. How many of you noticed that this morning? Okay. <laughs> On Wednesday, you know, it was the, mm, <laughs> some, some, some noticed, some didn't, but we got our signs up building our impact. That's what we're doing this year, just individually and as a church. And so uh, keep that in mind as uh, you're doing things, you know, like he said, opportunities come and they go. And so when opportunities come, it's too late to prepare. So be prepared now. And God's going to only take us as far as we're prepared to go. 
He can't take us any farther than what we've prepared for. And so we've got to ensure that we're prepared. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. There goes our young people. They are going to their class. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If uh, you haven't signed up for the transformation track, see that sign-up sheet as you leave this morning and just go ahead and sign up so we can uh, get you plugged in. We want to get to know you more. Two Saturdays in February. Two Saturdays in February. Okay. There's Yeah, it's in, in February. And we'll do the last week of January. Mr. Eric can do that class if you're like, I got to do it now or I'm never going to do it. <laughs> we'll get you in on Saturday. Uh, and then there's two Saturdays in February in that list. So uh, just make yourself available to that. We want to be able to welcome you officially as partners with this church. Amen? So uh, be sure to come and bring your amens next week. <laughs> okay, this is, we got to practice. So I want you to practice today throughout this service, okay? Bring your amens. Bring your support for Mr. Tom, who's going to be here ministering. Uh, Tom is my brother-in-law, as Miss Christie said, and uh, I know that you're going to come expecting. He's an anointed teacher. I know you're going to get a lot of it. I'm going to miss you. I won't be here. I'll be ministering in New Hampshire, but I know you'll be in good hands. I know it. I'm leaving you in good hands, so I know it's going to be a blessing. And then you have refreshments afterwards in the kitchen, so come and be a part of that. Uh, last week, we started what I can confirm now is a series. <laughs> I got some more direction, and it's on kingdom living. This is part two, and last week, we kind of just really laid a foundation last week. Uh, I wasn't sure if this was going to be a series, but as I was studying, I know the Lord is uh, having me go in that direction, and so uh, we're going to go to another level here. Uh, things that we've known before, we're going to build on that foundation, and so uh, are, do you agree with that? Yeah. Are you ready for that? Amen. Let's do a review. We talked briefly about how God knows where each of us are right now, and he also knows what's coming for you tomorrow, down the road, uh, next week, next month, throughout the course of this year. And this is a series, uh, I believe through this series, he's going to help us uh, navigate through those times that are coming and come out on the other side victoriously. That's the intent of this series. And so uh, this year, we've heard that it's the year of correction, direction, uh, protection, and perfection. Uh, and we can't have the last three without having the first one. Can't have perfection without having some correction. Amen? We can't have uh, direction, and a lot of times correction requires some course correction, doesn't it? And that gets us going in the right direction. And so... Um, I asked that you put away your list last week during this series. You know our list. I'll give you an example of what I mean by that list that we hold up to God and go, look, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Here's the list. You know, I said for myself, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to be a good wife and a good Mimi to, you know, Nina, and I'm a giver, and I'm trying to stay in love. You know, all the things we want God to know that we know what we're doing. <laughs> we got this done. Um, well, here's a list. Here's, I'll give you an example, a real-time example. What do we do as a church on the first Sunday of every month? Oh, boy. Communion. Thank you, Patty. <laughs> we partake of communion together. What did we not do this month? Communion. Yeah, we're getting it. All right, so we did not do that. And the first Sunday, if you'll remember, we were virtual. 
So around 9.30, I thought, oh, we should, we should do communion because we always do communion on the first Sunday of every month. And I was like, all right, I'll send something out so people could get their things together. And then I said, why? I Just a little prompting in here, why? Well, because we always do. It's communion Sunday. It's the first Sunday. We always do. I'll just tell them they could do it from home, get your juice and bread. And then I thought, well, what if they're not ready? They're not going to run to the store at 9.30, you know, to go. So, so what, and some are quarantined. You know, they can't get anything. So I said, no, okay, fine. We'll do it week two. Well, week two, we had the announcement to make, and we had several other things that I knew. So if I did it, I was going to just kind of rush through it. Why? Because we always do it, though. At least we did it. Check off the list. Here's the list, Lord. We did it. So God, not in an audible voice or anything, but just in my heart, just down in my heart, I heard, why are you going to do that again? And I said, because we always do it. We have to, to partake of communion together as a church family. He said, yeah, and you will. And, and you don't have to wait. I, I think we taught on this. You don't have to wait. You all know. You don't have to wait till church to take communion. You can take communion as many times as you want to at home. And we should. It says to do it often. Now, it's good to do it, and we're going to continue to do it as a church family. But as you see, I have not put, fit it in and rushed it in just because, because he said, why? He asked me again, why? And I said, because we do it. Well, this is what he's trying to get us. This is the list I'm talking about. Change the way some things he may tell you to change the way you do it. We're going to do it on the first Sunday of next month. And he has a teaching for me to do that goes with kingdom living, but it's part of our covenant, okay? So I, we have to listen to him. So that's the list I'm telling you put aside for now. Like, you know, but I do this, but I do that. Well, he may have you change the way you do it. And, and you may have gotten so routine about it that it's been devalued. And we could have just threw it in there on last Sunday, you know, or the Sunday before, but devalue it. I will not do that. I will not do that. And so think about the things in your life that you're so routine about. Well, I spend time with God. I have my, I do this, I do that. Well, think about it. Maybe he wants you to change it up a little bit. Because if you get so routine, the value of it diminishes. And so that's what I mean by put away your list as we're going through. Well, I do that check. Well, maybe we need to change the way we do it or breathe some fresh life into it. Amen? Glory to God. So we want to produce more fruit than ever before this year. Amen? We want to produce more fruit than we've ever produced. And, and there may be some things that God wants us to add into our routine. There may be some things that he wants to change. change. So if we don't know, if we don't ask him, we won't know. And so we're going to do that during this series. Last week, we also talked about how we value the word of God in this church. It's one of our values. You'll see it over there. Uh, and we talk about it. We believe that one word from God can change our lives. So we teach the word, live the word, and we are changed by the word. And we said the Bible says that Bible that we value tells us that Jesus <laughs> is coming again. And it's very soon. We know the times. In Matthew 24, Jesus said himself that we'd see these signs happen right before he came. And so a number of signs he talked about. And we talked about that on Wednesday nights of last year. You could go back and watch that. But one of the signs that he said is lawlessness. 
Lawlessness is one of the signs he said we would see escalate and become more widespread. And we said the word lawlessness in its original translation refers to the actions of an individual or group of people, even a nation or entire society or culture that has chosen to live apart from God's laws and principles. They don't even acknowledge his laws and principles. In their minds, they no longer exist. This group previously followed them, but then they elected to forge their own ways of doing things that are not founded on the word of God. They are lawless or living by their own newly, and you see it, evolving principles. As the world changes, what they believe changes, and they just tend to go with whatever comes and goes. The word tells us about that. It tells us about that. And so these principles are not based or established truths that are in the scriptures at all. They may find bits and pieces, but it's not what it used to be for them. And uh, it, it can be really dangerous territory to be in, especially for us Christians. The world, they don't know any better. They don't know any better. It's not that we're giving them a pass, but Christians, we know better. And we said this happens when we start to make exceptions and excuses for sin. We start making exceptions. Well, you know, I, I, I saw it. I, I saw it really clear, and I couldn't believe it. Someone very seasoned believer that I respect and having a conversation with someone on taking the life of an unborn child. And that person excused it and said, well, I can see if it was being born into a poor family, these poor kids coming up into a poor family. And so, you know, I don't, do we want that? Good Lord, help us. Help us, Jesus. Excuse for sin. This is how we make exceptions. In our minds, we try to, well, let's see, God's not, no. What does it say in the word of God? What does it say in the word of God? That's what we need to live aligned to. That's kingdom living. And so we're not doomsday people. We're not zombie apocalypse people, but we do believe Jesus is coming at the end of this age. And we believe that when we're pulled out of here, a lot of bad stuff is going to happen. But we have a choice. We have a choice to remain here, or we have a choice to go when he comes in the first round. I'm going in the first round. <laughs> I got some first rounders here. Yeah, we're going in the first round. I don't even want to know. If you want to know, go watch like Thief in the Night, you know, go watch all of those movies to find out. And, and those are some probably not completely accurate, but it's scary enough to keep putting me in the first round. <laughs> it scared me watching those when I was young. <laughs> distant thunder. Ooh, Lord help us. Okay. So then we see there's that mass departure from truth. And I talked about from, from the word of God, we talked about that phrase, I'm just living my truth. And we said, that's deception. That's deception. Unless your truth is the word of God. If your truth is the word of God, fine, live your truth. But it's actually his truth. Give him the credit for it. Cause you didn't think of it. <laughs> Give him the credit. So you're living God's truth. That's what you want to live. I want to live God's truth. And so, but we see that. We see that phrase and, you know, especially, I mean, how about if, you know, you stood up and you believe that, you know, as a Christian, I believe that uh, marriage is between a man and a woman. 
I believe that. That's, I, I love everybody, but that is my belief because I find that in the Bible, right? Now, if he had, you know, two women getting married in the Garden of Eden, if he put them together, that would be different, but he did not. You could read it all through the Bible. So if you believe that and you stand up and go, and that's my truth, how many people would support you? They wouldn't support you. But I can say that's my truth if I believe in that way. See, it's whatever is contrary to the word of God, it's okay for that to be your truth. But it better not be the word of God because then you're hateful. How can you be hateful? No, I'm living my truth. <laughs> I'm living my truth. No, you can't. See, this is where we're going. And guys, gals, it's going to get worse. You think we're being persecuted as a church and this and that? It will get much worse. And this is not a doomsday message. This is just reality and to make sure we're awake. <laughs> you know that woke in the world? No, that we're awakened on the inside to know that they persecuted him. They're going to persecute us, but we have a position that we need to hold. We need to walk like the word of God is true and we need to hold our position of faith and not be swayed by what the world is doing. Come what may, I'm on the word of God to stay. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. So there's a moral decline we're seeing. Truth or morality is subjective. It's based on how you feel. If you don't feel it's wrong, then it's not wrong. You know, you were, maybe you were just born that way. We even have songs. I was just born this way. You know, maybe if you don't think it's, you know, if the, that's fine. If you believe that way, that's fine. And so it's, it's a living apart from what the word of God tells us to do. And so this is deception. And don't be surprised or shocked when this escalates, because it is. We, it's not going away with the next election. I'm sorry. If that's what you think, you're deceived. Nothing is going to fix that because Jesus himself, our master, told us, expect it. And so we're just going to have to know this is what happens. And so this series is to help us in the time that we're living in and beyond. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So knowing that, uh, we are positioned. This is what we said our position is. God and his word are one. And I trust him no matter what. And because I trust him, I continue to do what he tells me to do, to walk with him every day. I don't abandon my faith, but I am growing in faith and my light and my life is light in the darkness. Glory to God. That's our position of faith. That's where we stay. We're not going to abandon our faith. We are going to stay on the path that God has made and laid out for us. Our lives can be like Goshen. Remember Goshen in the Bible? Goshen in Genesis 45:10, it's described as a place of plenty and comfort for Joseph and his family. And for Moses and the Israelites, it was a place of protection. So you saw the plagues over there in Egypt, but they didn't touch Goshen. You saw the lights all off in darkness in Egypt. The lights were still on in Goshen. Glory to God. Our lives can be like this during this time of corruption and destruction and moral decay and lawlessness. Our lives can thrive in this time. Amen. That's what the vision of this church is. 
the vision we just said this Sunday. It is we are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the Word of God and who make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Amen? This is what we're talking about when we say the words kingdom living. This is how a born again, child of God, follower of Jesus is supposed to live no matter the conditions around them. This is what we're going to talk about and today and, and beyond. And here's the thing. You remember Joseph and Daniel and all these men of God and women of God that we see that did great exploits for God and we see them in circ with circumstances like Joseph, for instance, in, in jail. He went to jail. He was accused of a crime he did not commit. And instead of sitting in jail sulking and doing what all the other prisoners were doing, he, he came out from the pile. My mentor always says, come out from the pile. In other words, you know, when uh, at your job, if everyone does something the same way, like you were talking about, he came out from among the pile. He stood out. He made, he took advantage of that opportunity because he said, this is my job. I'm going to do what's right. And it's not always popular to do what's right. You know how that is. People will, yeah, 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 who do you think you are? You think you're better? No, just different, just different. And so here, uh, you come out from the pile. And that's what Joseph did. He's, he stayed true to God's calling on his life. And he said, okay, I know this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. I've been, I, I, I've been convicted of a crime I did not commit because it came from one of the highest women in, in power. She was, you know, beside her husband. Accused me of this. And I know, God, I know. He could have been there blaming God. Why did you let this happen to me? Don't you see what I've done for you? I'm doing my best. Yeah, the list. There you go. I do this and this and this, right? We do that. That list is so, we got to rip it up and throw it out and just say, Lord, just help me. <laughs> and so he did that. He, you know, he, he, he didn't, he did not succumb to, to the hurt and succumb to all of that. He rose above it. He came out from the pile and his name rose again yeah. to the highest person's ears yeah. in the land. Yeah. And he, be, he was put over everything. God can do that. And that was one day he was in prison, and the next day he was over all of them. Yeah. He was running the prisons and everything else. Amen. Glory to God. Doesn't have to take long. Glory to God. Amen. Bless the Lord. So this is kingdom living. I read last week the latter part of Ephesians 1.23 in the message. It says, uh, the church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. <laughs> Peripheral vision, we said, is side vision. It's what's seen on the side by the eye when looking straight. That's what peripheral vision is. When we are in the kingdom of God, and if, we are, if we've been born again, we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, amen? out of the devil's kingdom or the devil's dominion. He no longer has dominion over us. Amen. And so when we are in that position, the world and what it does should not be our focus. Our focus is what Jesus is doing what Jesus is saying. But for many, many, many followers of Jesus, 
The world is what they're focused on. And in the peripheral view is what Jesus is saying and doing. So they miss it. They miss it. This is how you get off because you're not staying focused. And so we get off. If you follow the world, you'll be up day, one day, down the next. Very imbalanced. The Lord woke me up a long time ago, many years ago, and said, because I had a question. Why are people so like, it seems like they're up and down. They're like, every day they come to church and they're excited. And then the next week, oh, the devil is after me. I'm like, dude, what's up with that? So God woke me up and said, Maria, the life that's lived in constant fellowship with me is a life of stability. They're not fellowshipping with me. They're not. If they were fellowshipping with me, they would be constant, like these two. <laughs> the same. Yesterday, today, forever, predictable. Some people say, that's boring. No, that's consistent. That's diligent. That gets blessing. <laughs> Glory to God. So, Hebrews 12, 2 tells us, fix our eyes on Jesus. The way of the world is our, it should be in our peripheral vision, not our focus. Yes, we're called to win people to Christ. Yes, that is our mission. We need to take this gospel to those around us. But we don't need to be in there doing the same thing they're doing and then trying to preach to them. You know what that's called? Hypocrisy. And they'll tell you that. <laughs> you hypocrite. <laughs> Didn't I see you at the club last week? <laughs> Didn't I see you smoking a joint last week? Yeah, they'll tell you that. Amen. Don't do it because you'll be embarrassed. And then you'll shut your mouth until Jesus comes. Oh, I can't say. No, don't do what they do and then try to go minister to them. You can't. That's not how this works. <laughs> You've got to come out from among them and be separate and ask God for the grace and the opportunity to go in and minister to them. You don't write them off. No, that's not what we're talking about. But you can't go rub shoulders and do what they do and then go, hey, by the way, come to church with me on Sunday. What difference is it making in your life? Your life is the same as mine. And then can I borrow $10? I don't got no $10. I thought you'd serve a God who's more than enough. Well, I spent it on the wrong thing. Well, this is why we've got to get everything like we, our vision says. A strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the Word of God. The Word of God says that all my needs are met. According, So I've got to work that Word in my life until all my needs are met. I'm out of debt. I can help others. I don't have to ask them for $10. They can ask me for it. I can give them. But you know what? Here's 100 because God led me to do that for you. You know, this is what we got to do. Not, not, not be, oh, my car broke down again. Can you help me push my car? Did I tell you about my Jesus? You know, it's okay if that's where you are. But if you're staying there, it's time for you to get up and come up to another level. It's okay if that's where you are today. But don't be there this time next year. Put the work in and do what you got to do to get out and be a testimony to those around you. Amen? Because people are watching. And this is the year where they're criticizing. 
You don't know how many emails I've gotten and texts I've gotten. I got one the other day. Someone posted it right on our prayer time. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. We deleted it. But it, she said, you are a false prophet. You're young. You cannot be a pastor, a woman pastor. Who do you think you are? So I'm like, oh, okay. This is not the first time. Gotten many. Men should never submit to a woman pastor. You're young. And I'm like, okay. All right. She went to Bible school. She went to Bible school. She's a little older, uh, but she doesn't know how old I am. She thinks I'm like 20. I'm like, praise you, Lord. Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. She's 53. She's three years older than I am. So she can do it, but I can't do it. I said, well, praise the Lord. I look young. That's what I got out of the text. Woo! Glory to God. I'm getting younger and younger every day. It was okay when I was up here and didn't, wasn't seeing your pastor. It was fine. Worship. Oh, that's wonderful. Now all of a sudden they're coming out of the woodwork. Who do you think you are as a pastor? That's when I know I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this is the year for it. You start doing the right thing and you start standing up for what you mean. This is the year. Expect it. But here, hold your position of faith. Hold your position of faith because it can get you down. It can get you down if the devil, if you, if you let the devil just kind of keep meditating on it. No, delete and move on. Move on. Amen? Glory to God. So we're called to mark this world, to change it, to influence it, to touch it and transform it. Not to be marked by it. When we leave this world, I don't want to be marked by the world when I stand before. I want to have put my mark here on this planet for God. I want the, him to say, well done, not, well, you're done. <laughs> like you say, <laughs> I took a line from daddy. So, yeah, I want him to say, well done, and, and say, you know, you, you did your best to keep yourself. And we make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. We make mistakes. But we got to come back. We got to just repent and ask for forgiveness. So we close. <laughs> we closed last week, and we might do the same this week. From 2 Peter 3, 17, But you, friends, are well-worn. Be on guard lest you lose your footing and get swept off your feet by these lawless and loose-talking teachers. Grow in grace understand, and understanding of our Master and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've got to stay vigilant and not lose our footing. This is what happens when we don't align to the word of God. Whatever comes, we, it sounds good. Oh, that does sound good. And it may, it may. There may be things in there that sounds good. But you know when something is going crown, counter crosswise. You know when it's not settling right in your heart. But if you keep pursuing it and keep pursuing it and keep pursuing it, all of a sudden it's going to start settling in your heart and you'll go, yeah, that might be right. And then you, you find yourself way over here, way off course, way off course. And so we go ahead and we check, check it right then. Every thought that comes in, everything that comes in should not go unchecked. That's right. The devil should not have free reign in here. <laughs> oh, you tell me to think it, I'll think it. Or you should not think of these things and, and just let it come in and, oh, I'm so tormented. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Don't let that happen. Put the word of God on it. Glory to God. We can't do what everybody else is doing. Say what everybody else is saying and think that we are going to be exempt from the judgment that they receive. We do what they do. We say what they say. We'll be judged in the same way. God is no respecter of persons. We like to say that when it's good things. God is no respecter. He, he can't protect you when you walk out from under his protection and his covering. He can't. 
You say, oh, God can do anything. He will not do that. Go read his word if you don't believe me. He will not do that. Look in the word of God at people who disobeyed him and walked away from what they were doing. They came out from under his protection. Wars happened. All kinds of things happened. Sickness happened. They, they, financial issues. We know many people who have done that in this life and you read it in the word of God. We've got to stay under his umbrella of protection. Glory to God. Now is not the time to relax spiritually and try to coast along and go with the flow. Amen. Spiritual coasting will cost you in this hour, especially in this hour. You know what it means to coast? It means to move easily without using power, to roll or move along with little or no effort. That's what it means to coast. Coasting requires no faith and no power. And that is not kingdom living. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 in the New Living. 1 Corinthians 4 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Glory to God. We live by faith and the power of God is at work in us for a purpose. For a purpose. We don't want to live powerless in this hour. The devil would love that opportunity for the church to live powerless. And when you, when you disconnect yourself from the power source, you're living a powerless life. And the devil will look for that opportunity every chance he gets. He'll look for that opportunity to come in. No one has ever coasted their way to success, <laughs> their way towards anything significant. You've never coasted your way to walking in love with someone else. You never coast your way to get closer to God. You never uh, coast your way to get out of debt. <laughs> you never coast your way to eat healthy. <laughs> you never coast your way. Your flesh never wants to do the thing that's not easy. Amen. Your flesh never wants to do that. <laughs> Your flesh is always coasting. And if you don't stop it, it will always coast away from God. Never to God. Ever notice that? It goes downstream. It doesn't take any effort or power at all to swim downstream. You just let go and just go. Kingdom living requires us to turn off cruise control and autopilot. Turn it off. Get intentional about your faith journey. This is yours. Take ownership of it. No one else is responsible for your journey of faith but you. And when you stand before God on that last day, so-and-so is not going to be on your right, and so-and-so is not going to be on your left. It's going to be you and God. And he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Here's what I've resourced you with. What did you do with it? I can't say, well, if it wasn't for her, she always told me I couldn't do it. She didn't let me do it. Or he, he, he never told me, no, no, no. No one else is going to be there. Can't pass, pass the blame on anybody else but yourself. And so take ownership of your faith journey now. Do it now. Do it today. God gave us kingdom navigational instruments. 
that we can utilize to victoriously get to our ultimate destination without being a casualty of this age that we're living in. Many believers are a casualty of this age that we're living in. But rough times are going to come. But when you are living in the kingdom of God, you do not have to be touched by them. We talked about that, Goshen. So here's one verse to confirm this. 1 John 5, 18. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. For God's son holds them securely and the evil one cannot touch them. Practicing sin is to perform sin repeatedly, habitually, or regularly. This is not kingdom living. Yes, we all make mistakes. We all sin. But if we're making sin a practice, we're taking ourselves, like we said, out of the protection of God and out from this promise in 1 John chapter 5, 18. It says the evil one cannot touch them for he is holding us securely. When is he holding us securely? When we're not practicing sin. We're in his hands. This promise has a condition. That condition must be met. And so we must live aligned to the word of God. As a child of God, when I sin, I confess it, and I ask the Holy Spirit, help me not to do it again. I need your help, because I'm flesh, this body, mind, will, emotions, we know we got to deal with all that. And so, you know, and, and sin is sin. We like to give levels to sin, you know, and there's blatant sin where we go, oh, I don't know what they're thinking. But do you know that if you gave something to God and you took it back and you're worried about it day and night, that's a sin? Worrying is a sin. If God's dealing with you about something and you continue to do it, that's a sin. Being untruthful or telling half-truths, that's a sin. You know, we look at, oh, that's a big sin, murder, you know, this, that, theft. No, sin is sin. Walking upright before God will ensure that the enemy can't touch us because we stay under the protection of Jesus. Glory to God. Again, I want us to have all that God has planned for us to have. But what's more important than that is he wants us to have all that he has planned out for us. He doesn't want us to leave anything on this table that he's prepared for us prepared just for you. And so it's important. He's outfitted us, equipped us, resourced us, empowered us to live a victorious and successful life in his kingdom in this age, even in this crazy age that we're living in. So this year, let's receive his correction, direction, protection, and perfection. Amen. Amen. We laid the foundation for this series and, and we'll keep uh, moving forward in it. But living in the kingdom of God is how every believer should live. Yet many don't. And a lot of times the reason for it is they don't have a revelation of it. There are many denominations out there today because of a lack or limited revelation. 
So the founder of the denomination got some, some light on something. And so they stick with that. And instead of moving on to, okay, let me get some more light in this, they just stay on that. So they just, this is, this is our denomination. This is what we, so light has to come for us to grow. And for us to develop in our Christian walk, light has to come. So that's why some people may, may watch this kind of movie. Others don't because God told them don't do it. And so they're convicted every time they do it. Yet, how come they're watching it? How come they let their kids watch it? Because God hasn't dealt with them there yet. So we can't judge what they do. And okay, if that's what you do, that's what you do. God will talk to them. Don't try to be their Holy Spirit. Leave them alone. They've overlooked a lot of stuff that you've done. Overlook that. Overlook that. Overlook that. But it's important for us to get light and revelation. That is what's going to help us. So revelation is like light coming on, and that happens when we get into the word of God. We're going to close. Psalm 119 verse 30 says, The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. I like what uh, the passion says. Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. Revelation and insight into the plan of God comes to those who want it and whose hearts are wide open to it. If we're trying to make exceptions for sin or excuses, justify why we don't do what the Bible tells us to do, uh, then we're going to live on limited revelation. That's all the revelation you're going to get. That's all the insight you're going to get. We said God's not going to take any of us where we're not prepared to go. He does not force you to go somewhere where you don't want to go. He won't do it. He's kind. He made you with a choice. He's sovereign, but his, in his sovereignty, he chose to give you a choice. <laughs> and he won't make you go anywhere that you don't want to go, that you're not ready to go. And I want him to take me to places. <laughs> I want him to take me to places. I'm tired of going by myself. I don't want my feet going. I'm bad with directions. <laughs> Ask me for directions somewhere. You'll find out. I'll give you all kinds of details you don't need. You're like, just get me from point A to point B. Just get me there. Well, there's a flower on the corner at this street. Have you seen that house? It's so amazing. Well, I'm trying to give you directions. No, I need God's direction. I need his correction. Amen? His perfection and his protection. Amen. So I want to be fully prepared for the next level in my life. Do you? I want my life to be the most fruitful it's ever been, and I want to enjoy kingdom living because it's victorious living. Amen? Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Stand with me. Uh, next week, Mr. Tom will be here, and he'll be uh, ministering to you all. I'm excited. I can't wait to come back, come home, and watch that. Uh, and um, the following week is going to be the time where we partake together as a family in our covenant meal. And so know that, prepare your hearts, come ready for that. And our lesson will be on uh, our covenant and kingdom living, continue with the series, but how our covenant brought kingdom living about. <laughs>
We don't have kingdom living. You don't have a kingdom without a covenant. And so we thank God for his covenant. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for every single person who's here in the house and for those who've joined us online. I thank you for them. They are your people called by your name. I thank you, Father, that you have chosen them. You've set them apart for such a time as this. And, Father, we look forward to the things that you are going to do in our lives through this coming, through this year and beyond. We know that Jesus, you are coming soon, our Savior, our Deliverer. In the meantime, we are going to do everything we can to stretch ourselves, to grow, to receive revelation and light, and to take the 